This is a Diet of Brussels. What's uh, the impact of the recent Danish referendum on uh, opt-outs from uh, parts of the EU? The Danish case is one that we haven't talked about so much on this podcast, but uh, in some ways the country is probably the closest equivalent to the UK that we have amongst the other member states. At the time of the Maastricht Treaty, Denmark was the other country that faced the most uh, immediate difficulties in agreeing the treaty, that they had uh, voted against uh, ratification of the treaty in a referendum uh, in 1992, which had led to uh, a series of clarifications uh, that uh, were there um, to help them uh, push through a, a second, uh, more positive vote uh, on the treaty. Now, uh, those clarifications uh, were highly exceptional. And as we've discussed before, they're not uh, a model in of itself, uh, for the UK to follow at least. What they do offer, though, is some interesting uh, insights into the way that the European system has tended to work. And I think we've seen this also with the Swiss and the Norwegian cases, that even where countries uh, formally are outside of a particular policy area, uh, in practice, they find themselves being drawn into the system uh, more and more. So it is with the, the Danish case that uh, there was a need to uh, bring to a public vote again uh, the question of whether the opt-out that they had in relation to justice and home affairs was still something that needed to be maintained. Now, this vote has happened very quickly, uh, certainly in comparison to the British uh, case. It's very much more limited. It's about opting into something that the the Danes are are not currently part of. And also, because of the nature of the issue, it's much more uh, shaped by uh, specific concerns. So not least were the Paris attacks uh, last month, which uh, I think were an important part of the debate. Now, the end result was that uh, uh, on a high turnout, you had a clear majority who said that they didn't want to uh, give up that opt-out, which means that the the situation is unchanged for Denmark. Now, uh, that doesn't sound like very much, but it points to, I think, a number of valuable lessons for us. First of all, it tells us about uh, the ongoing need to be very cautious about Uh, European public uh, appetite for further integration. We tend to think about the UK as some kind of exceptional case, but actually uh, in all the cases where countries have been asked to join something uh, that they're not part of, with the exception of treaty reforms, you've seen a fairly consistent uh, pattern of saying, well, no, that's not something we want to do. We saw it with uh, the Danes uh, and uh, single currency. We've seen it with Sweden. Uh, we've seen it uh, in Ireland, uh, and you know, potentially we see it again in the UK. So here's something which uh, you know points to a limit of uh, what people are prepared to accept. It also, though, underlines, and I think importantly so, uh, the way in which policy areas are interconnected. That this raises a question, not just about justice and home affairs, but more generally about Denmark's engagement with the EU, Uh, the willingness it has for accepting further flexibility on the part of the UK, 
for example. Uh, and the Danes, I think, have been one of the more supportive countries uh, of the British government. It also tells us something about domestic politics. A key part of this was about the tension between different parties uh, and non-party groups uh, in uh, the Folketing, the Danish parliament, and the way in which they used different kinds of uh, rhetoric to uh, mobilise and sway voters. Now, all of these things, I think, are going to be things that we might usefully come back to. Uh, that we might talk about uh, and their impact. But uh, from the British perspective, you might argue that this result was a useful one for demonstrating that this wasn't just a British issue. The danger with that, though, is that uh, it also highlights that it's not just the British who are looking for concessions, and that if the British uh, want to get something, they may well have to give something back in return. Whether that's acceptable or not remains to be seen.